We are super excited that you have joined us today because we're in this series about going beyond, all year long, a year of going beyond. After 2021, 2020, 2022, yep. I, literally, we need something to go beyond. It's been Is a Anybody strength. ready for a new start? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am definitely ready to go do something different and push the needle a little bit. I just, it's, that's very cool. And it's great to see folks uh, here at church, haven't been to church in a while and getting back in the flow. Thanks. We're so glad you're here and uh, hope that you'll just make a habit of it and come join us and welcome home. We're really, really excited to be here. You know, Bobby, one of the things about a new year is that if we're not careful, we're going to go into a new year. We have all these ideas of all the things we're going to change. We're already eight days in. And for most of us, we've slid back and we're just doing the same old, same old, expecting something to be different, which is the very definition of insanity, yep. right? And so one of the challenges figuring out, okay, where do we go from here if we really wanted to have something radical different happen in our life in 23? Now we got folks in the room and online. It's like, you know, Chuck, I, things are pretty good for me. Things are rolling along pretty well. I, I don't feel like there's any desperate measures, but I, based on national averages, about 75% of us really want something to happen different in our life this year. I read that the other day in USA Today, about 75% of American adults say, I would really like to have something radically different happen in my life this year. And so as Bobby and I were preparing for this series, we also wanted to introduce you into starting today, 21 days of prayer and fasting. But there's a logic and a reason behind it, not just to do something. Yeah. How many of you have ever had a computer moment where the screen just goes blue and then it restarts on its own? Mm. Or an Apple world, the spinning little you know, beach ball that they call it. In the old days, you'd, I don't know if you still do this thing because I haven't been on PCs in a while, but control, alt, and delete, delete, yeah. right? So when all else fails, it's like, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with my phone, my computer, or whatever. I'm going to do a hard reset. And so last week, Pastor Chuck kicked off the year incredibly with this idea of thirst, right? Uh, physically, we know what thirst is like. In fact, most people would say that if you're working in the yard and you're thirsty, that's a sign you're already dehydrated. You're, you're behind, so pay attention to that. But spiritually, when, you're, when you feel yourself restless, right, when you feel like your prayers aren't making it past the ceiling, when it feels like words aren't coming off the page when you read scripture, those are symptoms of a spiritual thirst. And we need a, a spiritual version of control-alt-delete. We need a reset. Yeah, I, uh, so my, my mother-in-law, who I love dearly, I am kind of her. Hi, Charlotte. She watching <laughs> today. Yeah. Hi, Charlotte. I, I am her tech services person. Now, that alone is scary, but when, when there's a problem, she calls me. And you know what I have learned that will fix almost anything in her house? Unplug it. Yeah. Give it a second. Plug it back in. Yeah. And then you know what almost ha- happens almost every time? Oh, it fixed itself. I thought, no, no, it fixed it because I told you to unplug it. And I mean, it's like we are not unlike all of the wonderful electronic things that Bobby and I geek out on in that every now and then you've got to reset. That's right. Like if, you, if you've hit a wall where, okay, I've been in a stretch where thump, something's got to be different. I've hit a stretch where I don't feel like my prayers go anywhere. I don't feel like there's any power of God in my life. I don't feel like anything's going my way. I feel like I'm all alone or whatever the issue is. If you're there, the, the answer is that God has a plan for what to do when you don't know what to do. Mm. But, but he made it incredibly simple. And it does require a hard reset. Because much of it is a mindset that we determine in our head, I know something has to happen different in my life, which means I have to do something different. I mean, Counseling 101 says this, nothing changes until something changes. 
right? And then the next step is, okay, then stop worrying about what you're going to do 30 days from now and worry about what you're going to do today, right? So now Jesus tells this story where he's inserted into a story where his disciples are gone ahead of him. Jesus is out the Mount of Transfiguration. Hopefully many of you will go and see that with us in November when we go to Israel. And so I just, Bobby made fun of that. where? Israel. You'll just try saying it that way. One, two, three, Israel. We sound smarter already. You know, that comes from a boy from Mississippi (laughs) who says it like this, Israel. And so he's, he's from Southern Israel. And so I'm just from the northern part, and so it works out just right. All right. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> okay. So, but come with us in November. That'd be awesome. To we'll learn more Israel. special ways to say yeah, Israel. To, I, you've got to, doesn't it sound more fun to say Israel? Come on, that sounds a lot more fun. You want to say it in Hebrew? Yitzrael. So back to the story. <laughs> Jesus is at the Mount of Transfiguration, and the disciples have gone on. Yeah. Right Now, the disciples have been told by Jesus, and they have proven it, when he says, I'm, I've given you the power to go do what I do. So the, on instances, they've been places where they have prayed over and healed people, mm. where God's done the work, but God's used them to be a part of that. So they've seen people healed. They've seen people come to, the, to know Christ. They've seen people come alive. I mean, they've been a part of it all. Yeah. But they run across a problem here where all of a sudden it takes something different yep. than what they've done, yep. right? So the story that we're, we're going to read is in the Gospel of Matthew, and Bobby's going to walk us through the text, but I want you to pay close attention to a few phrases that we'll highlight as we have our chat today and walk through what it might be like if you put yourself in the disciple's shoes and you attempted to do something that you had done before, but you're not getting the right results, what would I do? Because most of us are there. I I need something different in my life. I need something to change my life. I need a radical new perspective for my life. I need something to go right in my life. But if I keep doing the same thing the same way, nothing's going to change. So Jesus has a plan for the disciples. And it's critical that as Bobby unpacks this to recognize you in this story are the disciples. And Jesus is still Jesus. All right, so listen to this story because Bobby's going to unpack this in Matthew chapter 17, beginning in verse 14. If you have a Bible, go ahead and find Matthew in the 17th chapter. If you have a a device with an app on it, or you can just follow on the screens with us. Yeah, this is so powerful because literally the disciples are frustrated in this moment. They're confused. They're like, we don't know why this thing isn't working. Here's what it says in verse 14. It says, when they came to the crowd... A man came up to him and kneeled before him. So it comes to Jesus. Verse 15, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he's suffering terribly. He often falls into fires and often into water. And I brought him to your disciples. Look at this phrase. They could not heal him. Think about that. Imagine being a parent whose child has this major medical issue going on. He's brought them to people that he thought, man, maybe they could help. Man, I've heard that they've been able to do this other places, and it didn't work. Right. Look at this next verse, verse 17. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. 
When I read that, I, I hear a little bit of heartbreak in Jesus' voice. Mm. It's like Jesus is like, really? Man, I've been with you all these years. I've been teaching you this all these years. I've invited you along to empower you to do this. And now you're still struggling with this? Yeah, yeah. And then I love that last phrase, bring him to me. Which is a, it's a beautiful picture of the first step we take when we head towards something better and something new, which is follow that advice. What did Jesus say? Bring the problem to me. I think that's the word for me. Yeah. I think that's the word for us. I think it's maybe the word for the people that you prayed for in these empty chairs. Absolutely. That the prayer is in 2023 would bring it to him. And Absolutely. Here's, here's what happens in verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him. And just parenthetically, we believe spiritual warfare is real. It's not yep. an add-on. It's in, the, in the, the, the drama that God's brought us into. And we'll teach on that later this year. But Jesus rebuked the demon that came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Right. The disciples see this, verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. They said, why could we not cast it out? In other words, why didn't it work? But this is, again, a beautiful picture. Remember, you're in their seat, right? You're, you're in their shoes. And they can't do what they know they're supposed to be able to do. They can't get past this obstacle. The first step is, well, Bring the problem to Christ, right? Yeah. Just go ahead and bring it. But then the second thing, and this is, this is where I think, especially uh, men in the room, this is a real struggle for many of us. And that is when, it, when we find an obstacle that we cannot get past, what did they do? Did they sit around the fire and point fingers at each other about why they couldn't, you weren't good enough, you couldn't deliver, you didn't make it happen? Were, were they blaming something else? Or did they go to the source of the solution and say, why couldn't we do this? We need an answer, mm. right? Now, Bobby, growing up, I had one of those hellfire damnation preach preachers, you know, spittle flying everywhere and screaming. Yeah. I mean, really, I would walk out of church just thinking, I, I just got beat up, you know? But this is how I heard my preacher as a kid preach through verse 17. How oh, faithful, how oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? That's what I heard. Wow. And I would think to myself, wow. I think he, he woke, woke some us. people up. Yeah, I guarantee you. I know somebody back there, you, the restroom's just out to your left. And, but I, I heard that. But, you know, the more I got to know Jesus and my walk with him, yeah. I began to hear how the Jesus that loves me said it, which sounded a lot more like this. Oh, you faithless and twisted generation, how long am I going to have to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Come on. I can fix this. Just bring him to me. Now, listen, can't you see a Jesus who gave his life for you to say it that way? He wasn't fussing at these guys. He wasn't screaming at these guys. You know what he was saying? You need a solution. Come on. I'm your solution. But notice that they also, when they needed help, they asked for it. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the great things that we can look in this story and recognize that when you and I need help, we go to Christ and ask for help. Mm. He is not waiting to thump you on the head. He is waiting to answer your prayer. If, if, you've, if you're here today and maybe you haven't done church in forever or maybe God's just not been in your priority list or top 20 forever, listen, God's not waiting to beat you over the head for not trusting him, God is waiting with open arms for you to run to him. Now, here's the cool thing about God. 
while you run toward him, he opens his arms and runs to you. And when he meets you, he's just going to grab you and hold you and say, I've got what you need. I love you. He's not there to bust you. He's there to adore you. So when they ask for help, he has a solution. The problem is when Jesus offers a solution, it's so simple. We humans think, well, I, I got to go read a book about it. But Jesus has a solution. Yeah. He points out the problem, yeah. points out a solution. Yeah. This is the same with Jesus all through the Gospels. Yeah, I love this. This is super practical. So if you're a note taker, we just want to give you a practical framework to think through this in these 21 days. And so the, the first thing is, why would we need a reset? How would you know if you need a control-alt-delete moment in your spiritual life? Like, what would be the signs? And right out of this passage, Jesus says, that, well, there's two signs. Verse 17, faithless, do you see that phrase? And twisted. Yeah. So let me give you just a layman's version of that. Uh, faithless is when we're not connected enough to God and Jesus. Does that make sense? Faithless is when there's a disconnect. There's static in the line. It's sort of like, you know, sitting in one place in Gwinnett County, you might have full signal on your cell phone, but then you just go across the Chattahoochee River and suddenly you drop a call every time you go across. You've yeah. lost connection. Yeah. And maybe for some of us, that's what happened over these last year, two, three years, where we are not connected enough to God. So that's the faithless part. And then that phrase twisted or corrupted means that not only are we not connected enough to God, but we are too connected to the world around us. Right. Does that make sense? We're, we're, we've drifted, right? We've drifted somewhere along the way. Something, someone, some problem became more important to us than God himself. We didn't intend to drift. It just mm -hmm. happened. So we disconnected from God. And what ends up happening is we end up getting too connected to the world, where we end up taking on a habit, a sinful pattern, a thing to try to medicate our own need ourselves, and it just doesn't work. So that's why we need a reset. If you're yeah, asking, I, do I need it? Look for those look, two things. And I, I would argue that we all have some measure of this, where I have disconnected to some degree, or maybe to a great degree, from, my, from God, my creator, but I've grabbed hold of something else. It, this, this is how it shows itself in our, in our everyday life. I have a great need. I don't go to God. I go to a friend. I go to a boss. I go to a bank account or I go to a book, but I don't go to God. And then we say when all else is left, well, there's nothing left to do but pray. And when you look at that, you think, so wait a minute, but why didn't we go there first? We didn't go there first because we're so connected to the world and disconnected from him, we can't imagine that he cannot wait for us to come to him. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus points out, you hit a roadblock because you are faithless, you've disconnected from me, and you're twisted or corrupted in that you have grabbed on to the world, trusting that they can deliver everything that only I can and as a result, you find yourself in this roadblock where you're stuck and you can't get beyond that. But in typical Jesus fashion, he doesn't just point out why we need help. He points out how we get help. Yeah, I love this. And so here's the question I'd love for you to sit with today is, is there a place where you're not connected enough? Is there a place where your faith isn't strong enough? Is there a place where you've drifted? Because that's the reason we need the reset. Yeah. And then here's Jesus's how down uh, as Jesus is teaching them, he says in verse 19, when they ask him, why could we not cast it out? 
He said, because of your little faith, right? Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible. Faith of a mustard seed. In their day, mustard seed was the most commonly known smallest seed available. And so Jesus isn't saying you've got to have amazing faith. Jesus isn't saying you've got to have unbelievable faith. You've just got to have the presence of it. Yeah. And then there's this tag on, verse 21, where Jesus says, but this kind never comes out except by prayer mm. and fasting. And this is not just here in, in the Gospel of Mark and Acts. All throughout Scripture, there's this connection between prayer and fasting. So when you think about it this way, there's a problem. What's the problem? We're disconnected from God. We're too connected to the world. What's the solution? The solution is to pray, which connects us to our Heavenly Father, and to fast, which disconnects us from the world. Problem, disconnected from God, too connected to the world. Solution, pray, which increases our connection to God. Pray, and then fast, which disconnects yeah. us from the world. Yeah, so in typical Jesus fashion, again, he doesn't make this complicated, but in our human condition, we always want to make it complicated. So we, we write and read books on fasting. We make it into all these kind of things that never, it, God never intended it to be. The prayer, my friend, is, is as simple as this. I wake up in the morning. I begin a conversation with God. I hit the green button, and I never stop having a conversation. For, for most of us, prayer is I pray for sick people or I pray for a meal. In God's way of prayer, it is a never-ceasing conversation that happens about parking places and thanks and gratitude and help and direction. Like one of the things that's helped me so much over the past 80 or 90 days is just starting every day saying, God, would you give me wisdom and direction today? God makes a promise. When you ask for wisdom, he'll give it. I don't know about you, but I would, I would argue that in America today, we're in desperate need of men and women that have wisdom that is heaven sent. That has wisdom to be able to know, here's the direction in which I can go to make this place a better place than I found it. Well, if you start that way and there's a promise, why not stay connected? Prayer is a never-ceasing conversation that you're having, sometimes externally, sometimes internally, with a heavenly God who cannot wait to hear. Now, if you are not like in a natural prayer process, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Begin your process by having a prayer every morning that is out loud. God. Good morning. Thank you for the rest. I'm grateful for you. I, my toes feel the floor. I'm alive. I'm breathing. You know, Lord, thank you that I have warm butter for my ego. This is awesome, right? Just continue to have the conversation, right? Prayer, my friend, is not breaking out your God voice thinking that you're going to impress God, right? Oh, Father, how art thou give, give thy son? You didn't ask for the car from your dad that way. Oh, Father, might I have the keys to the Buick? No, I said, Dad, can I have the keys to the car? And what did he say? No. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, it's a conversation. Don't overcomplicate this. Are you speaking with the creator of the world? Yes. But remember what the Israelites referred to God as, Abba, Daddy. Yeah. Daddy, thank you. I love you. Would you give me wisdom? Right? So if that's prayer, how would you describe fasting? Yeah, and as you think about that prayer, your, your relationship just strengthens yeah. the process, yeah. right, when you talk to somebody. And then fasting, fasting is not about um, 
you know, saying I'm never going to have something again. It's not about weight loss. What fasting literally is, is it's choosing to say, I want to disconnect from the world. And one of the ways I'm going to do that is I'm going to give something up. And whenever my body desires that thing, I'm going to use that prompting from my body to remind me to focus my head and heart on Christ. So throughout scripture, it's most often, if not always, food. There's something about food because any of y'all hungry after Chuck talked about egos and butter? Any of y'all hangry? Anybody? I saw some guy coming in. He, I, he probably was. Yeah, probably a little hangry. I, so there's something about food. I just said, good morning. We're so glad you're here. You know what he did? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Does that mean? Dude needs an ego. Yeah. So there's something about having that built-in rhythm that says, hey, every yeah. time you feel that hunger pain, remind yourself to pray. And so Jesus gives these two examples. He says, look, yeah. if you want to get closer to your father, the way that you do it is by spending time with him, talking to him through prayer. Right. And hey, if you want to disconnect from the world, one way to do that is to abstain from something that's going to remind you that this earth is not my home. So prayer and fasting are two powerful ways for us to hit. Yeah, and in the scriptures, every time we learn about fasting, what we read about is it has to do with food. I know plenty of people who fast from other things, social media, et cetera, uh, Diet Coke, caffeine. I'm not sure I want to be around you if you choose caffeine, but, you know, but but, uh, even a Daniel fast involves food. And so one of the things we're asking you to do over the next 21 days is to join us in prayer and fasting. Now, let's break it down and in Jesus style, try to make it as simple as possible. You should have received this little card when you came in today, go ahead and pull it out. If you didn't, grab one on the way out. We have plenty for everybody. And on the front, it just says a year of beyond. So for the next three weeks, you have a card for each week. And inside of that, it starts off with one simple piece of scripture in Jeremiah 29, 13 that says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Now that's the words of God. God is saying, if you look for me with all your heart, I promise you I'm not hard to find. I'm not playing hide or seek. I'm right here. Just come find me. Now watch this. If you apply this scripture to everything that Pastor Bobby read out of Matthew's gospel, this is what Jesus is instructing the disciples to do. When we pray, we're searching after God. When we fast, we want to eliminate anything between us and God. And so we start each day with something you're grateful for, right? One of the things I've learned in my own personal life is I don't know of any, I don't know of any discipline in my life that has served me better than to start my day with gratitude. What you are grateful for. Now, don't overthink this. Don't overcomplicate this. Don't even try to over-spiritualize this. Just whatever, like if tomorrow morning, if you have gas and it's cold and you don't have to stop it and that's the first thing that comes to mind, write it down, right? Whatever it is that you're grateful for, just write it down, right? It just doesn't have to be that you have the opportunity to travel to Kenya tomorrow and feed hungry kids, right? Just just be normal, right? But get grateful because when you're grateful for what you have, what you have is always enough, right? right? So then once you've got that done, you flip it over and you'll notice on the back, we've given you a morning prayer and an evening prayer. Now we just gave you these as prompts, right? It's that simple. They're just, they're simple prompts to remind you. Like on the top side, pray for the ministry we've got in Uvalde, Texas and in the Yucatan that God would do a fresh work in the lives of people there in the evening, pray for our partnerships in our local schools. And so it's just a prompt, pray morning, pray evening. And then you see each line in there, an opportunity for something specific for you to pray for 
each day. It could be the same thing every day, but whatever that is, you begin to pray earnestly for it, right? Then we're asking you if you would join us on a fast from lunch on Fridays. So each Friday over these three weeks, these three separate Fridays, would you fast from lunch? Now you could say, well, Chuck, yeah, I'll eat breakfast at 11 and lunch at two. I got it. All right. Now you could do that for sure. But like everything, this is a matter of the heart. It's about the intent of the heart, right? It's not about a law. It's not being rigid. It is about being able to recognize I need something different in my life. Jesus said, when I hit this roadblock, roadblock, pray and fast. So if you want to take getting the roadblock out of your way in a serious way, you'll take prayer and fasting in a serious way. And so some of you physically can't do that. But there are other ways to fast, right? You, can, you, can, you really can fast from Diet Coke or you can fast from caffeine or whatever that case is. But we're asking hundreds of you to join us for fasting on Fridays, the next three Fridays. And down at the bottom of this, you'll notice that there's a text number, but there's also a QR code. And you want to walk us through that? Yeah. So the goal of this is to give some practical resources. Over these 21 days, how can we prepare for beyond, like prepare to be more connected to God and less connected to the world? How do we cultivate that? So at the bottom of this card, there's a, a few ways. One is to use the QR code to find all the 21 days of prayer and fasting resources. One practical thing is to subscribe to the text reminders where twice a day you'll get a text in the, you'll get a text in the morning and then a text in the evening and simply just a nudge on the shoulder to say, have you prayed today? Have you prayed today? And last week we just sort of slow rolled this yeah. and already had 300 people sign up for that. So yeah. if you haven't signed up yet, I wanna encourage you to sign up. We're not gonna blast your text messages with other stuff, but just prompts to pray twice a day. Right. The second piece of that is we want to invite you to be part of what we're calling Sugar Hill Midweek for the next three Wednesdays. There's something about putting ourselves in a posture to say, God, we don't need what we can do. We need what only you can do. Right. And so on Wednesday nights at 630 for the next three weeks in our chapel next door, we're going to have a prayer time. It'll start with a little bit of music to help reset our heads and our hearts from a crazy day and Highway 20 traffic just getting here. Secondly, we'll have a piece of scripture and just a little bit of teaching around prayer, but then we're going to dedicate a chunk of our time to actually putting it into practice. The way I've been thinking about it and describing it to people, it's going to be a prayer laboratory. There's several ways to pray that the scriptures give us. And so each week we're just going to maybe put a model or an outline in front of you and then us pray in different ways. And so some weeks our prayer team will be available to pray with you and for you. Some weeks we're going to huddle up and practice praying. And for some of you, that's going to be a big first step and and something that's going to be really powerful. But we want to encourage you to uh, join us for 21 days of prayer and fasting. Pray every single day, twice a day. Use this card or the website as a prompt to do that. If you're physically able, join us on Wednesday nights at 6.30. I know yeah. not everybody can make it here, but if you're physically able to be here in person, I would encourage you to do yeah. that. It's only going to be in the room. We're not able to stream that. And then I want to encourage you also to use the weekday podcast during this Absolutely. To, to prepare your heart. And then the end of the month is what we call Rock Sunday. The very last Sunday of this month is Rock Sunday. For those of you that are new around here, what we believe is super powerful when you ask God over these 21 days, God, is there a word that you want to keep in front of me this year? Is there a word that you want to filter my life through this year? And then literally on Rock Sunday, we pick up a physical rock, we write it down, we put it in some place that we can see daily, and it sets us up for an incredible year 
of connecting to God. I know people who take pictures every year of the seven or eight years of rocks they've done. Yep. By the way, next to my rocks is a little, little bottle about that big that has a mustard seed in it that you preached on about two or three years ago. Yep. And just a reminder me every time yep. I see that. So make sure you join us for Rock Sunday. Plan to join us on Wednesday nights. If you grew up in a church where they did prayer meeting, but it felt like warmed over Sunday morning, that's not what this is. It's more of a prayer laboratory. If you're wondering how long is it going to be, we'll start at 6.30. You're out the door at 7.15. But it'd just be a time for us to be able to specifically have a prayer lab. And actually, if you've never prayed or know how to pray, what a great way to come learn. If you want to be a part of a prayer team and have people pray over you, we have some wonderful folks cannot wait to do that. But join us in that. Join us on Friday in being able to walk away from lunch and grab hold of that time with the Lord. If you've never fasted before, I promise you it will change your world. And then, as, as Bobby mentioned wonderfully, talking about what the scripture said, let us connect with God and opening the day with prayer and closing your day with prayer. I would encourage you, join us in these efforts. Pray fast, Wednesday night prayer, let's make sure we're all on board. What a beautiful way to get 2023 off to an awesome, awesome start. This last thing I want to share with you, then we'll pray and get ready to go. Everything we've talked about is such an incredible thing that you have to choose. If, if you're willing to let things just stay the way they are and nothing changes, then what will happen is you'll take this as just any other sermon and any other Sunday and you'll throw this thing in the trash can and you'll walk away and think, you know what, I've got the solutions, I don't need Jesus. And I guess the question I'd ask all of us is, how's that going? Because every time I walk away from Christ, my life's a disaster. And every time I walk toward him and get more connected, I see great things happen. So I would just stop and say, folks, listen, it's time for Christians to stop blaming the world for what the problems are and look in the mirror and find the solution and find the solution in Christ and Christ alone. He is our solution. Let us connect with him, disconnect from the world, pray fast, pray some more and be a people that want to go beyond anything we could ever hope or imagine in this year. But for some of you, like a fellow I talked to after the 930 service. For some of you, it's like, Chuck, I want to start, but how, how do I even, how do I, I mean, Chuck, I don't regularly pray. What, how am I going to be reminded? The text thing is good. You know what will remind you most is the presence of the Spirit of God living within you. Mm. But you don't have the Spirit of God living within you until you've trusted Christ with your life. Yeah. Like, watch this. Jesus came that we just celebrated Christmas for that we might have life in abundance and have life eternal. Mm. Now in that, he promises that when he left, he would leave us with his gift, the presence of his Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit would live and guide from within us when we trust Christ. You say, well, Chuck, I don't, that's all preacher stuff. I don't trust Christ. What in the world does that mean? It's this simple, believing Jesus died for you rose from the dead for you, is in heaven today to create a home for all those that believe. Well, how do I believe? You call on the name of the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose for me, that you did that to pay the price. Would you forgive me? I want to turn my life around. I want to live for you and not me anymore. And thank you for giving me heaven. Yeah. 
And what comes with that is an abundant life where the Holy Spirit can lead you, guide you, and direct you. And now he can remind you that this is a framework in which you can succeed wildly in every imaginable way, in such a way that glorifies him and is good for you. There is a no, no lose in this deal. Jesus has already done all the heavy lifting. Bobby, I, I was chatting with a 32-year-old guy between services. He came up to me and said, Pastor, I, I got so much junk I need to offload my life mm. to get it together. Can you just pray for me? I said, man, I'm happy to, but before I do, could I just give you one piece of pastoral advice? He said, yeah, please. I said, would you just stop worrying about all the junk you got to offload? You're going to burn up so much energy trying to be good. Use that energy to connect with God. Use that energy to pray and fast and then let God deal with the junk. Mm. This is what God does best. So instead of you trying to fix all your garbage, how about praying and fasting and letting God deal with your junk? I mean, he just stood there with a tear and saying, I I can do that. And listen, friends, so can you. It's that simple. Mm. Why not trust him? Let's pray.